Storehouse Dallas. Um, well, we're going to be talking both this week and next week about a particular topic, and that is the sacraments of the New Covenant priesthood. This week, we're going to focus on one, baptism, and then the following week on the Lord's Supper. So um, many of us, we've heard sermons on baptism before. If you were in Grow Track, you've heard one very recently. If you Grow Track folks can just wave your hand again. I just want to honor you again. If we can give them another hand. They spent eight weeks <laughs> coming early every morning on Sunday. Um, but um, So we've heard this before, but I want to hopefully present it in a way to highlight a particular feature about baptism and, and about the Lord's Supper. And that is by uh, participating in these sacraments, and I'll unpack that word in a few moments, um, we are participating in a new covenant priesthood inaugurated by our high priest and king, Jesus Christ. And God releases power through these little things that for centuries the church has called sacraments. So, as you can see, we're actually going to perform one of them today. If you're wondering what this is, it is a baptismal <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> hey, it's got water, and you can go in, you can go out. That counts. Um, but let's talk about sacraments. What is a sacrament? Say the word sacrament. Very good. A sacrament is a sign of something sacred. A sacrament is a sign of something sacred, a sacred thing, something, a sign of something holy, a sign of something set apart. And more importantly, it's a sign of something set apart and instituted by God. Why is that? You know, another definition I think is really helpful is um, from sacrament. It's an it's an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible grace. So an outward and visible sign, a physical action that you can see, that you can touch, that you can hear, that releases an invisible grace, that releases a power of God, that releases the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's something that God uses to empower his people to walk in this new covenant priesthood that has been purchased for us at the cross. So, the Old Testament, it had a number of its own sacraments. It had a number of its own signs of these sacred things, these holy things, these things that God instituted to impart his power, his life, his grace, and his holiness. So we're familiar with a, with a number of those. The priests, as we know, one of their sacraments was bringing animals to church and sacrificing them. <laughs> one of those things that they did um, was bringing their offerings, bringing grain, bringing, bringing bread, bringing food into the temple. And they offered it as a first fruits unto God. That was a sacrament of the Old Testament. God was doing something powerful something holy in those signs of those sacred things. But there are other sacraments, there are other things that God did to release his power and his holiness over his old covenant priesthood. One of those things 
was a bath. They had to be immersed and dunked in water in order to prepare them to come and minister in the presence of the Lord. We're going to talk more about that. So, you know, the priests, they had to wear very specific and special clothing in order to come to the presence of God. And sometimes we open up the book of Leviticus, we open up Exodus, and we're reading like all the things the priests had to do, and there's just not a lot of context for it because we're not, you know, ancient Israelites <laughs> that were growing up in that environment. Um, but, we, but we see it and we're like, God, what's going on here? Like God gets down to the detail in like the length of the priest's underwear. And it was like, if you didn't get these things right, if you didn't like follow this proper protocol, like these guys were like dropping dead like flies in the presence of God. Why is that? Well, God is holy. God is righteous. God is light. In him there is no darkness. And he wanted fellowship with his people. See, the temple was about a fellowship. The priesthood is about a fellowship. It's about coming into the holy place, into the presence of God, enjoying him, praying to him, singing to him, and enjoying friendship with him, but also walking in his power and his authority and releasing it on the earth. And to come into a presence of a holy God in whom there is no darkness, God was setting up sacraments to release his power and his holiness and impart it to his people. I hope this will make more sense as we go on. But um, this, this old covenant, these were, these were, these were shadows. These were Figures, they pointed to a reality that would come later through our high priest, Jesus Christ. So they did a lot of outward acts. They did a lot of things that the Bible says consecrated them. It made them holy to come into the presence of a holy God and to minister to him and to enjoy fellowship with him. But these outward sacraments of the Old Testament, they did an outward cleansing to minister in an earthly tabernacle. And the new covenant priesthood and the sacraments of the new covenant through our high priest Jesus Christ, these impart the holiness and the power of God so that we can come in not only to an earthly tabernacle but to a heavenly tabernacle. They ministered in a tabernacle on earth. You and I, because of the blood of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, and these things, these signs that he's done to release his power and holiness over our lives, they cause us to ascend and to be seated with him in heavenly places, to minister to him at his right hand. Our high priest Jesus, he too was baptized. He too went under the water to prepare him for his priesthood on earth and in heaven. Remember, he went up to John the Baptist and he said, we're doing this so that righteousness can be fulfilled. He went under that water. He came up. The voice of heaven, the voice of the Father in heaven broke open and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus and everybody sees it and they hear this booming voice. What was happening there? The high priest was coming up and he was getting ready to minister. It was God saying, there's a new priest in town. 
There's a new ministry that's about to be effected in the earth. And Jesus Christ, he is the high priest, and he's going to set up an entire company of people that will walk in the same power and anointing on earth and in heaven. Amen? All right. So, the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit falls, people receive the gift of tongues, they're all praising God in various languages that they had never learned before. Everyone thinks they're crazy. Everyone thinks they're drunk. They're singing, they got the new wine. Jesus, make new wine out of me. And everyone thinks they're crazy. <laughs> but Peter gets up and he says, no, this is, we're not crazy. This is a promise of God. It's in the prophet Joel that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, and they will prophesy. And that's what we're doing. We're prophesying. It sounds crazy, but we're declaring the praises and the power of God through our mouth by the Holy Spirit. And he preaches the gospel, and it cuts them to the heart. He says boldly to this whole group of Israelites from all over the world, he said, this Jesus whom you crucified, whom you sent to the cross, God has made him both Lord and Messiah. Ugh. Cut to the heart. What must we do to be saved? They asked. And Peter said this, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41, so those who received his word, so they believed, they received the word, they accepted it, they believed in their hearts, and they did what he said. They repented, and they were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. So what must we do to be saved? Peter gives them three responses, three words, repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. Repent. Be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. So if your friend comes and asks you, you share the gospel with them, they're like, oh, how do I get saved? What must I do to be saved? What do you say to them? Repent, be baptized, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is a gospel response, repentance. We're focusing on baptism today, but I want to, I just, I feel like the, we as a church, we've got to be clear on repentance, okay? Because um, belief is important, and, re and actually repentance is part of belief. You're, you're turning, you're, you're going one way, and repent means to turn or to change, and you go the opposite direction, turning from dead works, I'm sinning, I'm caught in bondage, I'm, all this stuff is going on, I'm leading my own life, I may be oppressed by the enemy, what it is, but, but then the gospel hits, it strikes your heart, and you say, I want to submit to the lordship of Jesus. So you turn around, and you start walking with Jesus according to his word. It's a change of heart, it's a change of direction, it's a change of the way you think. And you're saying, God, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. I've been walking this way, but I'm turning this way and I'm going your thoughts. I'm, I'm getting, renew my mind with the thoughts of, of your heart. Renew my ways with your ways, God. I submit to the Lordship of Jesus. That's repentance, okay? Repentance 
It's not making Jesus your Facebook buddy. Is he on there? Maybe. (laughs) It's not getting on Facebook and liking Christian quotes or maybe getting really bold and putting a few out there yourself once in a while. Those are good. Do those things. Like verses. <laughs> post, a, post a message. Post something that God puts on your heart. That may be the word of the Lord that someone comes across and reads and it cuts them to the heart and they message you and they say, what must I do to be saved? And you respond. Excellent. Y'all are good, good, good listeners. Good students. Um, making Jesus Lord, repentance is not making Jesus your life coach. I'm going to set up an appointment once, twice, three times, four times a week. Get some advice from Jesus. Kind of weigh it with everything else that I've been hearing. <laughs> Decide if that really fits me. If that's me, you know, that just, is, that, is that me, you know? Jesus, I want to kind of get your input on this little situation. I love life coaches. I love people that have the gift to just say, if you want your life in order, you need to change this, this, and this. <laughs> and you're like, oh, thank you. Um, but but, but with, a, with a life coach, what we, the way we treat them, and we shouldn't treat them like this because a lot of them have a lot of wisdom, is we should be like, oh, you're right. Like, I need to change these things in my life if I want to get out of these same cycles. Um, So I love, God bless those that are life coaches and counselors and people that speak and pastors that speak into people's life. But Jesus is not someone that you just say, hey, I'm going to kind of take your words and kind of weigh it and see if I like it and if I'm going to implement it. No, he's Lord. You say, yes, sir. And we're learning. We're growing. We kind of kick and scream. And Jesus, he's so patient. He's really, really patient. But he is Lord. So we turn away from dead works and we turn towards God. Let's go back to baptism. What's going on in baptism? Remember, baptism is a sacrament. It's a sign of something sacred. It's a sign of something holy. It's, but it's not only a sign, it's not only an outward sign. The Holy Spirit imparts grace and power through that sign, through that physical action. And it strengthens our hearts. It prepares us to enter into this heavenly priesthood, this new covenant priesthood. So the Bible gives us a number of uh, descriptions of what goes on in baptism. Let's talk about them. First of all, baptism, it's an outward sign that affects the inward grace of a washing away of sin. When Paul sees a vision of Jesus, right as he's getting saved, he's on his way to Damascus, Jesus appears, becomes blind. God speaks over here to Ananias. Hey, Ananias, I just encountered that guy that was killing everybody or putting him in prison. He's actually a Christian now. I need you to go lay hands on him to receive the Holy Spirit. And by the way, I struck him blind, so he kind of needs some help there too. Um, But I need you to baptize him too. (laughs) And Ananias, okay. So he goes, and then Acts 22, 16, Ananias says this to Paul. I love it. He says, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, 
and wash your sins away, calling on his name. This was good news for Paul because the Holy Spirit struck his heart about the sin in his life in persecuting followers of Jesus. So it's a bath. It's a washing. When our bodies get dirty, we need a bath, right? We get dirty. We need a bath. We take a bath. Um, we, you know, is anyone here a fan of, of smelling good? Is anyone a fan of your neighbor smelling good? You know, go over and tell him, take a bath. You know, um, guys, if you want a date, if you want a girlfriend, bathe regularly. It's just like one of the secrets, you know, of success in relationships. So if you come up to me for prayer or to our altar team, and you're like, I don't have a girlfriend. I'm alone. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to smell you. <laughs> I'm going to say, when's the last time you bathe? <laughs> Do you bathe regularly? Take a bath. Okay? Then I'll pray for you. Okay? <laughs> don't pray until you start bathing. Um, ladies, this goes for you too. But we usually don't have to tell that to ladies. So, so our bodies get dirty. We need a bath. Well, sin stains our soul. It defiles our soul. It makes us dirty. It makes us unclean and unworthy to come into a presence of a holy God. In the Old Testament, the priesthood had to go through a washing ceremony to be able to enter this presence of God. And so they had to be consecrated. They had to be made holy. They had to be receive this impartation of the holiness and the life of God before they came into his presence. They had to be cleansed. They had to be baptized. So in the temple, they had this big, giant, like, pool thing called a laver. Say laver. A laver is, is, a, is a washer. It's a wash basin. It's a bath. It's a big, giant bath. And so they had to go up to it, and they had to get in the bath and get clean and then be clothed with the priestly garments. They needed a bath, a bath that would consecrate them, a bath that would make them holy. And this wasn't just any bath like you and I take at home every day, hopefully. Unless you're in middle school, maybe once or twice a week. Um, quick story, when my niece was in middle school and, you know, boys started becoming a thing, I'm like, oh, my baby loves like middle school boys, you know, <laughs> no offense, middle school boys. I used to be one. Um, I know what you're like. So she's, we're having this conversation, this family conversation. I say, Daniela, let me tell you a couple of things about middle school boys. First of all, they shower about once a week. They wear the same pair of underwear for up to four days. <laughs> I could tell she was doubting me a little bit. So I called my nephew into the room, who's 10 or 11 at the time, not far from a middle school age range. And I said, Domingo, how long have you been wearing that pair of underwear? <laughs> this is his response. Um, about three days. <laughs> I said, have you showered in those three days? Nope. <laughs> We're on the floor laughing. Case in point, Daniela, everyone at school is like these brothers. It's like your brother. I guarantee you, I used to be one. Anyway, we want to take showers. Baths are important. Okay, 
So this, uh, this priestly bath was not just any bath. It consecrated the priests. But we're under a new covenant, amen? We're kings and priests to God forever because of Jesus Christ. We're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And just as God had a cleansing and a holy bath for his old covenant priesthood, so he has made a bath for his new covenant priesthood to make us holy, to make us clean. And where there was an outward washing in the Old Testament, there was an inward washing from the stain of sin on our souls through this sacrament of baptism. Hebrews 10, 19 to 22, one of my favorite verses. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated through his veil, that is his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. When we repent and get baptized, the blood of Jesus and this pure water of baptism cleanses our evil conscience. It washes our minds from the defilement of sin. And it not only does something to our soul, it does something to our physical body. And I tell you, this is so important because the guilt, the shame, and condemnation that come with sin, and I mean specifically sexual sin, because the Bible says that anyone who sins sexually sins against his own body, his body. That's a temple of the Holy Spirit. But the power of the sacrament of baptism and the blood of Jesus washes our conscience and it cleanses our body from guilt, from condemnation, and from shame. And it gives us confidence to come into the most holy place, not on earth, but in heaven, and to minister to Christ, to God, as a new covenant priesthood. Amen? So, we have confidence. We have confidence. Baptism, secondly, it's an outward sign of an invisible grace of a death, a burial, and a resurrection. Romans chapter 6. It starts at verse 1. I'm going to start at verse 2. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in the Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Know this, that our old self, the old self, was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with and that we would no longer be slaves to sin for he who's died has, free, has been freed from sin. If you've been baptized, say, I have been crucified with Christ. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am dead to sin and I am free from sin through Christ Jesus, my Lord. Amen. I just trained you just now on how to respond when the enemy comes in with a flood of accusation. 
Because when there's sin that tries to trip us up, even old habits that we've, that we've turned away from, they still try to entangle us. It's important that we confess our sin to God because we have an advocate, a high priest in heaven who will hear our confession, who will release forgiveness of sins once again and empower us to walk out holiness and righteousness. And as we confess with our mouths, thank you, God, that I'm not a slave to this addiction. Thank you, God, that I'm not a slave to this fear. I'm not a slave to this sin. And we get that word out of our mouth. We thank you, God, for this. The grace of God is released over our hearts that trains us and teaches us to deny ungodliness. Beloved, this is so key to walking in freedom. And you can look back on the day of your baptism and say, on that day, I died to this sin. And I've been raised up in newness of life in Jesus' name. Amen. Baptism is a crossing over. In the same way the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians, so we too were slaves to sin. Slaves to Satan before we came to know Jesus. Came to know Jesus. And as they came crossing through the Red Sea, they came into the promised land and they left their life of slavery into a life of worship and serving the living God. 1 Corinthians 10, 1, 2. For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under of the cloud and all passed through the Red Sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So they came out, and there was a type of baptism that they went through. But remember, they went into the wilderness, not just freedom from sin, but freedom to worship God as a holy nation, as a royal priesthood. In the same way, we are bound by sin and Satan before we come to know Jesus. But when we repent and we're baptized, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and that we are raised up in newness of life, and we've left our old oppressors. All of the demonic activity that was binding up our lives, it is drowned in the waters of baptism. And we come up as sons and daughters. We come up free, and we come up worthy to minister to our God and Father as priests and kings. Amen? Last of all, baptism, the outward sign of this washing, releases an inward grace of being clothed with Christ Jesus. Galatians 4.27 For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. This is important for a couple of reasons. First, because now our identity is based in Jesus Christ. You know, the following verse here in Galatians is there's no longer Jew nor Greek Slave nor free, male nor female, all are one in Christ Jesus. And that doesn't mean we lose that heritage from our past. Doesn't mean I stop being a male <laughs> in Christ Jesus. Doesn't mean if you're Jewish, it doesn't mean you stop being Jewish. If you're Irish, it doesn't mean you stop being Irish. You're Mexican. You don't stop being Mexican. I'm, I'm a little bit of all three of those. <laughs> Irish, Mexican, a little bit of Jewish. Um, you retain some of that, but, it, but it's not your primary identity. You come up and your primary identity is Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I can look at someone who's 98% Jewish instead of 2%, like me. Um, <laughs> we've done the test. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my dad has done the test. Um, and, um, and I say, you're my brother in Christ. 
You, you, you're, you're, you're a female, but you're, you're my sister in the Lord. And we're one in the Lord. And we have the same, we're both heirs of God. And we're both seated with Christ. And it just completely decimates all, uh, all uh, uh, um, racism, all, all um, prejudice, and all, all, all um, 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 superiority complexes. We're all one. We're all together in Christ Jesus. We're clothed with Christ. But it's also important because we hear those same words that Jesus spoke over his father. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We're clothed with Christ. So when he looks at us, he sees his son. And he confidently looks over and says, Matthew, I see you. I see you clothed in the righteousness of my son. And I say, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. Remember the old covenant priesthood. They needed a bath, but they also needed the right clothing. The new covenant priesthood, it needs a bath. It needs a washing away of sin. And in that same washing, it releases the power and grace of being clothed with Christ Jesus himself. Let's stand. I can have uh, worship come up. I'm going to lead us in prayer, and um, I want uh, actually our baptismal candidates to go ahead and come up to the right too. I'm going to um, um, actually on the left, my right hand side. You can come on up, bring your towels. If my helpers that I asked, if you can kind of come up here, hang out on the left, I'll give you instructions. But I just want to pray over all of us and release a blessing, and then we are going to celebrate. Um, with Sonia and with Jamie up here, their new life in Jesus Christ. So let me pray over you. Lord, I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you for every life that has given themselves to you. I thank you for the cleansing power in the, of your Holy Spirit, of the blood of Jesus and these waters of baptism, that God, you have called us washed and clean. That, Lord, you have called us dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And, God, you have called us a new creation in Christ. That we have crossed over from death to life, from slavery to freedom. And we have been closed with your Son. God, I pray for these truths to sink deep into our hearts. We remember our baptism today. And we thank you, Lord, for our freedom in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you would like to partner with us, you can visit storehousedallas.com forward slash give or you can send a text message with an amount to 84321. Thank you very much for your contributions.